Hey everyone, welcome back to This Week on the Jake. Really excited for this episode. It's Thursday, August 3rd. we got a big weekend ahead of us, mainly because I've got my birthday coming up tomorrow. Let's go. To the Jake Podcast, episode 15. The Mike Phipps episode. Not a lot of you people know who Mike Phipps is. I don't think probably any of you would know. Maybe a couple of my uh, Ohio brethren, a couple cousins out there. But Mike Phipps, really quickly to go over. Mike Phipps was part of one of the most lopsided trades in NFL history. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he was drafted third overall by the Miami Dolphins. And traded over to the Cleveland Browns for Hall of Fame wide receiver Paul Warfield. Warfield ended up winning a championship with the Browns, uh, but after about like you know five or six years with Cleveland, they shipped him off for possibly a franchise quarterback and Mike Phipps. It did not work out that way. Phipps uh, was basically a 500 quarterback his entire career and uh, never really lived up to the high billing. Had a couple good games here, a couple good games there, but. You know, wasn't really ever a third overall pick, and especially considering how Paul Warfield was a major contributor um, at wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, who you know famously went undefeated and everything like that. So you know, there there was a, a bit of a lopsided there. But Phipps was eventually replaced by Brian Sipe, who won the MVP for Cleveland. So. There's a little bit, I guess, you can be happy about if you're a Browns fan. And, you know, Paul Warfield did win when he was in Cleveland. So the 70s weren't really a great time for the Browns. Uh, the 60s were good. The 80s had really good times, too. But uh, the 70s, led by Phipps, was one of the one of the darker times for Cleveland Browns, at least before the new era Browns. But anyway, what's up, people? What's going on? Hope uh, everyone's excited for this weekend. Uh, I am. It's my birthday. Got a whole big weekend lined up. Really pumped because before all that, I've got Michael K on this episode. And uh, we've got a little beef to squash. So in case uh, you don't know, I'll let you in on the on the story. Back when I was a junior in high school, uh, I think it was, it was, yeah, it was the year going into my senior year. Um, Michael K has this radio show, ESPN Radio. And he would often be on the air when I would be leaving school, whether it was after football practice or just a regular day. Um, if it was like later in the day, that's when I was leaving. But he entertains phone calls. And at the time, the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to the NBA Finals. This was LeBron's first run with the Cavs, which, you know, they didn't really have much of a supporting cast around LeBron. And Michael thought he knew everything about basketball and he doesn't. Um, and he goes in and says the Cavs have no chance. There's zero shot of them winning a game. And they're going to get swept. And I kind of lost my mind. I was in the car with my dad. And he said, why don't you call up? You know, Give him a call. See, uh, see what he's got for you. So I called up. And, and this was not the first time I've called. I've called him before. I've talked to Brandon Tierney. I've talked to Don LaGreca. talked to a lot of these guys here on the you know New York-based sports radio stations. And... 
Michael took my call. I told him, hey, you know, this is a Cavs fan. So they, I think they kind of pushed me through to the front because they want to hear different perspectives. And I said, I think the Cavs have a chance. He's like, well, I don't see it happening. Why don't you give me why you think they're going to win? And I had the audacity to mention Danielle Marshall as a three-point shooter. And the move that Michael K ends up doing was uh, not too cool. He mutes me. He mutes me so that next up when he goes, really, you're going to come at me with Danielle Marshall and say that they can win because they've got Danielle Marshall. And I'm talking saying, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying around LeBron, but you can't hear me because he mutes me. So as I'm giving my response, Michael is sitting there saying, I'm waiting. Oh, I guess we lost him. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I guess he's gone. Okay, bye. And I flipped out because A, you didn't talk to me like a man, even though I was a 17-year-old boy. You talked to me like I was a little boy. And come on, I mean, this was ridiculous. I was trying to have a conversation, and this guy freaks out on me. That was like my first intro, too, to you know, radio slash podcasting slash whatever. And I was furious. I was fucking pissed. And this, is a, a, this story goes down in infamy with all my friends because I then tried to call back, and I don't get through. And I never get through ever again on my phone, yet I call back from other people's phones and I get through all the time, leading to what happened was a blacklisting. And uh, I don't want to get into the details of it all, but five years after that, uh, I guess when they changed the phone number or maybe I just was off of this blacklist or whatever, uh, my number, seven, I'm not going to say my number on the air, but uh, my phone number was good again. So I don't call up anymore. I don't want to, I have beef with Michael K, but tonight we're going to squash that. So really excited to talk to Michael and finally squash the beef. But aside from Michael K, and then that's an all-time Jaker story right there. Um, because, I mean, if you want to know, get to, if you know me, this is, this is a classic Jake story. But aside from Michael K, really pumped for this weekend. Super pumped for my birthday tomorrow, turning 28, I know, old man. Uh, at least in my group, my group thinks I'm pretty old. I'm four months older than Charlie, yet everyone likes to point out that I'm like years and decades older than everybody else, but whatever, that's fine. 28, I think there's a list of things I can't do anymore. I, I don't think I'm allowed to shotgun beers. Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to just like get drunk and, and show up to places drunk. I think I need to wear button-down shirts more often. I don't know. There's a, lot, a whole list of rules that I'm hoping somebody will introduce me to uh, when I turn 28 in a couple hours. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I've got a big plan. My cousin Albert is coming in from Ohio, one of the supporters of the Jake podcast. Uh, he is a world-class dodgeball player. And in Spring Lake, we have this dodgeball tournament in the Scotto house where about you know, like 80 or so kids show up and we form these teams, put together a dodgeball tournament with a trophy, shirts, food, beer, everything is, is involved. It's a whole thing. This is the eighth time we're doing this tournament. Uh, it will be my eighth time being a captain, which is a big deal. There's not many of us eight-time captains, uh, although I am the losingest captain because after Mike Scotto won last year, I am now the captain with the most appearances, yet... No wins, no championships. Made it to the finals in 2014. That was the year just coming off of the Johnny Manziel high. He was just drafted. I was pretty pumped for everything. LeBron was back home. Everything was A-OK. Yet uh, made it to the finals. It was so close. Yet uh, came up just short to John. 
John Scotto's team, who he's usually one of the top two teams in the tournament. He doesn't really throw much, but he knows how to knows how to win this. So can't you know can't be too angry about going down to one of the best. But this is my year. I've been saying it for about like half a decade, but this is my year. Last year was Michael's. This year is mine. We're gonna end the drought. Got to draft some good kids. They're going to make some plays for me, so I don't have to do it all myself. But this is going to be a big one. So dodgeball tournament is Saturday at the Scotto House. Uh, but before that, going to be doing the Parker House tomorrow night, which is what I'm usually doing on Fridays. But now my friends can't back out because they know this is exactly where I want to be. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Going to probably bail on work early. Holla. That'll be fun. Get a nice little lunch in. Then bail. Go to the beach for a little bit. Get some cocktails at the B&T, see my parents for a little bit, hang out, grab some beers, grab some Cousin Al, hit Parker House, maybe Boathouse afterwards, maybe Johnny Max instead of Boathouse. I don't know. Kind of just going to take it, uh, take it by, play it by ear. But it's going to be a great time. Uh, then we got Dodgeball on Saturday. Usually the Scottos throw a big party afterward. That should be a whole lot of fun and maybe make it to Asbury Park. Don't really know what I'm going to do Saturday night. And then Sunday... Big family day. See my uh, my mom's side of the family in the morning. That'll be a nice thing to do. Just you know, celebrate my birthday with them, and then dinner with my parents and my sister at night in Game of Thrones. I mean, this is an all time weekend right here. I'm I'm thrilled, pumped up, jazzed up. This is ready to roll. So, you know, day in the life of Jake Brainy, not too bad. Can't complain. Not going to complain on my front. So big weekend coming up with that. Big, big time. Pumped to. Squash the beef with Michael K. Little round the horn. We'll do a little Cleveland sports update and get that out of the way so we don't, you know, do the whole episode about Cleveland. Uh, right now we got Indians Yankees going on this weekend. Indians in a little bit of a slide, but just finished a nine game winning streak. So they're uh, right now on top of their division, starting to look pretty good. Uh, still having a lot of injury issues. And of course, every time you play the Yankees, that's all when all my friends are paying attention to the Indians. So I'd like to see them play well this weekend, kind of show up a little bit. And uh, I think I'm going to go check them out at the end of the month. They come to New York, and I'll get to see them after I go to Tom Scott's bachelor party. So I'll have a small window. But I think I'll only be able to go to one of the games, so it'll have to be that Monday. But really pumped to see them. I, I like to try and see them once a summer. Uh, I've already gotten to see them because we went out to Ohio in the middle of June. So already have an appearance, but I would love to go see them in New York, maybe get, grab a couple of the guys to follow along with me. But Indians looking pretty good right now. Uh, we'll see, though. August is going to be a tough month. A lot of good teams are playing this month. Round it to the Cavs. Not so great right now. Uh, if you listened last week, I had Justin Canning on, and we talked a lot of Kyrie Irving, a lot of what's expected of the of the Cavs, and uh, our whole beef with LeBron James, his beef versus my whole just acceptance of him being a great player. So if you haven't heard that, check it out. Justin Canning interview was really great last week. Uh, and then before the year, week before that, Stephen Lorenzo came on. That's when things were all peachy for Cleveland, but you know, so we didn't really talk about that, but. You know, the last couple weeks I've had some really good interviews. You should check it out. And uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm on SoundCloud now, but I'm getting on to iTunes. Hopefully this weekend I'll do that. I'll jump on that. And to finish it out, Cleveland Browns. I mean, right now, knock on wood, is, you know, there's no major injuries. There's a couple. You know, right now you look around and 
it's all about surviving August without getting hurt. You see all these guys are falling down. You know, New Orleans lost two offensive linemen, and they're on the pup list. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's hurt again. You know, Joe Flacco's down. Ryan Tannehill's down. Like, there's a, a lot of big injuries really early. You know, it's August 3rd, and there's already some big ones. So, right now, the, the Browns have a couple injuries. Nothing seemingly, you know, huge or major or past the month of September that would hold them out longer than that. But, you know, you got to keep an eye on this. It's just like... Uh, all the the big words to look for is non-contact. Anytime it's a non-contact injury, you have no idea the severity of it. it those are those are the tough ones. When a guy plants on his leg wrong and messes up his knee, so knock on wood to avoid these injuries. You know, but right now it sounds like you know out of Browns camp, word is good. Uh, looking to run the ball a lot this year. I'm hoping because last year they did not run it nearly enough and. You know, that's why Isaiah Crowell didn't have it the year that we're kind of hoping for, even though they had a pretty good offensive line. So we'll see. The defense is really coming along. Uh, it's I, I know it sounds crazy and, and nobody wants to take the Browns seriously, but it is a fun time to be a Browns fan. They're at the fun part of the rebuild where it's not all crash and burn. It's let's see how these young guys play. And they've got a lot of young guys. They've got a whole ton of young guys, including some really high picks. You know, you got Miles Garrett, who's the number one overall pick this year. Jabril Peppers, who was a first-round pick as well. Manny Ogba, who was the 33rd pick, 32nd pick last year. And then you got guys that they just signed. You know, linebackers, Chris Kirksey, who was one of the best tacklers in the a AFC. And Jamie Collins, who was one of the best defenders on the Patriots before the Browns traded for him. And they linked, uh, linked, locked up those guys for four years each. So they're really starting to build something nice. It's uh, it's going to be great seeing them go out there and compete. I think they're going to force a lot more turnovers and get some sacks. A lot more than people are ready for. And I think uh, you know maybe it doesn't translate into the playoffs. Um, but I think six to seven wins is, is very possible for this team. Uh, I'm going to right now put them at six and ten. But we should see. Uh, I know they have some tough games on their schedule, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna surprise some people. I think they're gonna be a little ahead of schedule, and I think Deshaun Kaiser is seemingly gonna be the quarterback of the future. And I think that'd be just the biggest thing to take away from this season. So, if they can get him on the field, and if he could show them, listen, I'm I'm your guy. I'm ready to roll. Then the two first rounders next year and the three second rounders, they can build around quarterback instead of worrying about getting a quarterback. You can get him another wide receiver. You can build up the defense that you've been building so much. You can spend those picks on guys that are going to help Kaiser instead of compete with Kaiser. So I think that'd be the biggest thing to take away from this spring, uh, this season. It would be a possible Deshaun Kaiser uh, surge into a you know franchise quarterback mold, and it doesn't have to show everything, just just enough. So yeah, so that's a little Cleveland sports. Really excited for that. Uh, if you want to hear more about Cleveland sports, you can follow me on JakerBaker58 on basically every form of social media. Uh, I, I am going to be getting really into Browns football real soon. Right now it's only really been Indians baseball, but Browns football is going to be a lot of fun coming up soon. I'm, I'm so excited. One of these days i got to get out there for the fan uh, interactive training camp. Those will be great. Uh, I've, I've seen a lot of my cousins go, but... This is this would be something. So, but this week, you know, this is August. Summer is kind of winding down. No one wants to admit it. July totally flew by. 
So I'm really planning on a big August. I've got a bunch of things lined up and I've already knocked out one of the big ones. My family and I, uh, the four of us, we went to go see Coldplay on Tuesday and they are great. They are so much fun. I know they're not everybody's favorite band. A lot of people kind of like have a negative connotation with Coldplay, which I don't really get. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, all their songs sound the same. I'm like, well, you know, some of them do, but I think you can say that about a lot of bands. You know, don't compare them to Bruce Springsteen, but, you know, they are, they put on a great show too. Um, so I'm going to jump into my top five live performances ever because I've seen some really good acts. I've seen a lot of good people. I, I went to the 12-12-12 concert. I've seen Bruce like 10 times, literally, actually exactly 10 times. I've seen Gaslight Anthem, seen U2, seen Billy Joel. There have been a lot of shows that I've seen, and I figure this top five, this would be great for live performances that I've seen. And I'd like you to comment on who I should see if I if you have someone that you say, Jaker, this guy would crack your top five if you saw him. So uh, here we go. I'll jump in. Number five is Matchbox 20. Uh, I'm going to see them later in this month uh, with a couple of my friends. At least I know Owen is in and not sure who else just yet, but got a couple tickets to go see Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows. Matchbox 20 is on this list mainly because they were the first concert I've ever been to. It was Matchbox 20 with Train opening for them. That was when Train was just, just getting big with Drops of Jupiter. I was in eighth grade, super into everything Matchbox 20, and... You know, those albums that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, that was that was my jam. I love that type of music. I love that, you know, alternative rock phase. And I had so much fun at that concert. And I'm going to find out if they are really worthy of the number five spot on my list in a couple weeks when I see them. But really pumped. Uh, I've, I've seen a bunch of alternative rock bands, and that was just a special day for me because I, I love concerts, love seeing you know, people live like that, and uh, had a really great time. Number four, kind of in the same genre, same time frame at least, is Blink-182. A couple years ago, I guess that was 2010, maybe 2011. Went to see them with my sister in early August, and they were great. I, I mean, if you don't like Blink-182, you're probably just like not my age range at all. That's the only way I can think of because anyone in their late 20s loves Blink-182. It's a family uh, family favorite, at least for my, my cousins and I. They are phenomenal in concert. They were just touring for the first time again and they were going to play their new album, but it, since it was like one of the first weeks of their, of their tour, they decided... And they said it right after like the third song. They're like, listen, we know we're you know back on tour for the first time and God knows how long. We're back together again. We just have this new album out, but we're going to play the old stuff. And they played literally every hit of Blink-182 that you can think of shy of Adam's song because I guess that's not really a great concert song. But Blink-182 was phenomenal. I got to find a way to see them again. I know they were just planning on playing with uh, Linkin Park. And then the singer for Lincoln Park passed away, so that was. Kind of, I'm, I'm I'm sure they did the concert. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they they. I don't know, but it was still you know that that was a real shocker for the music industry. But Blink One Eighty Two, if you get a chance to see them, you got to because they are phenomenal and they sound just like they did back in the day. You know, back to what you're used to. My number three is I'm gonna put U Two here. 
uh, U2 is another one that they played all their hits. Seems like U2's been touring for like 20 years too. Like they haven't done, they haven't sat down. They've just, they tour America, then they tour Europe, and then they tour like freaking Asia. They go everywhere. And I know Bono kind of has a little bit of his, like he, he gets political for a little bit of the show. And I get that that could be annoying. It's like a little bit much. I'm here for the music, not for that. But U2 is phenomenal. And if you like them, they are a great show because they sound just like they do when you're listening to their albums and stuff. They still sound great. Um, I saw them a couple, I guess, oh, geez, I keep on saying a couple of years ago, but they're all like 2010. I keep on forgetting how old I'm getting. I saw them my junior year of college. Uh, my cousin Brian Foley took me. My Brian, my cousin Brian has taken me to a couple pretty cool concerts, but this one was one of the best because it was a stadium show. Bono, U two, MetLife Stadium. We had a great time. They sound just like they do when you listen to them uh, on like Spotify or you know the radio or whatever. U two is phenomenal. Number two, I'm going with Coldplay. Uh, I know this is a lot of people are going to poo-poo this, especially since I am leaving off a lot of big ones. But Coldplay Live is so phenomenal. I've I've said this for years now because I've seen them three times. Saw them when I was in college. Saw them when I was just getting out of college, and now just saw them this past week. So different. This was all after different albums too. They constantly play all their hits, and they do a phenomenal job with fireworks, pyrotechnics. They shoot out like confetti cannons. They shoot out these like giant bouncing balls. Like they go all out to show you just like a show. It's like a light show on its own. So even if you're not like the biggest fan of their music, you can just respect the fact that they put on a hell of a concert. So I've seen them at the Izon Center. I've seen them at PNC Bank Art Center. And now I've seen them at MetLife. They are, they are an outdoor like outdoor and indoor type of show because they were able to do it inside. It's wild. They are great. If you don't love their music, that's unfortunate because they are a really great band to watch live. Chris Martin seems like a really great guy. They, they don't push anything. They're a bit of a humanitarians, uh, so they push that a little bit in the beginning. But throughout the show, they kind of just they have fun. They put all their like effort into it, too. The guy's like sprinting up and down the aisle during the, you know during the show. And I've said this before to people. Yellow Live is quite possibly the best song I've ever heard live. And now I've heard it three times, and I, I can still say the same thing. When they play Yellow Live, it is literally as good as I've ever heard a live song. Uh, I think I even have it as number one, because uh, I've yet to hear Jungle Land Live, which leads me to number one. Um, not on this list is Billy, uh, Billy Joel, or Bon Jovi, Paul McCartney, Rolling Stones, even newer ones like Sugar Ray and OAR and Gaslight Anthem. Uh, or you can go way, way back like The Who and like I said, The Stones. I've seen a lot of really great acts. And maybe it's because of the timing. You know, Maybe if I saw The Who 20 years ago, it would be different. Maybe if I saw The Stones in the 80s, it would be different. But I didn't. I saw them in 2012 when they weren't exactly the best show. But the best show is Bruce Springsteen. He's played for four hours. He plays small venues. He plays big venues. Every single time he plays a song, it's like you're hearing it for the first time because he gets the crowd involved. He sings it differently. He's got a great band behind him. He has countless hits. 
Like you can name a top 25 and he'll play songs on the outside of those top 25 and put out just absolutely great, great songs. I love Bruce. There's my favorite band of all time is Bruce Springsteen and Street Band. It is, it should come as no surprise that this is number one for me. I've seen him 10 times, uh, including places like Asbury Park Convention Center, Madison Square Garden, MetLife Stadium. I you go anywhere and see Bruce Springsteen. He is a great show. I know it's a New Jersey bias coming in, but it's, I mean, it, it is what it is. We are a Bruce town. One of my favorite bands to go see at the bars is just a straight up Bruce cover band, the E Street Shuffle. So I, it should come as no surprise to anyone that they, he leads, heads my list. But if you don't like it, yeah, comment, let me know. Tell me what you think I'm missing. Uh, I've seen a lot of really great shows. I was working at Madison Square Garden for a year out of college, and I got to see the Killers and Muse from backstage, and they were great too. But you know, maybe maybe one of the maybe one of these bands deserves to be on here over Matchbox Twenty. I get that, but that has like a special place in my heart. Other than that, the top four are pretty solid. Um, but argue with me. I'm open to it. Uh, comment on the Instagram, the Twitter, do whatever. Uh, let me know your thoughts because I, I want to open up more debate on this. <clears throat> and one of my, sorry for coughing on it, but one of the debates I actually opened up this week was Breaking Bad related. Uh, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, this isn't for you, so whatever. But I commented on Facebook. I said, guys, what do you think? Is Walter White a bad guy? And I want to open that up debate-wise on Facebook. I'm going to do that more often. I'm going to, you know, have more debates going on. Oh, I think that's what my podcast has to get into in the future. I know last week I was very New York sports-related, and I think I can hold my own if I went New York sports for the future of podcasting. I think I'd do all right with that. So we should see if uh, if that actually becomes a reality. But for now, I'm kind of just uh, feeling it out. But I'm going to embrace more debate, stuff like that. Is Walter White a bad guy? Because on one side, you can say, no. I mean, come on. He's a good guy. He cares about his family. He was doing all of this for his family. And spoiler alert, at the end of the show, he died helping people. So, you know, you look at that. But I think the name of the show, Breaking Bad, is because he broke bad. He became a bad guy. I know that sounds very cliche, but that's like what happened. He... A lot of people died on his behalf. He poisoned a little kid just to get Jesse to agree to. I mean, it was it's a wild show. It is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh still short of Game of Thrones. Not not gonna go crazy here. Game of Thrones is the best. But Breaking Bad, I think I have to rewatch it to really gain my appreciation for the arc of Walter White. But he becomes a bad guy. Maybe he finds himself by the end of the show, but he becomes a bad guy in that show. So if you're going to tell me that he's not a bad guy, I kind of have a bone to pick with that. I think at at least for two two plus seasons, he's a bad guy. So an interesting debate. And uh, if you want to chime in on it, jump onto my Facebook. I open it up to anybody. All right. So not going to talk about The Bachelor or Bachelorette this week because... It was just a tell-all episode, and I really hate watching that. But next week, going to have Sarah Swinerton on, and we're going to recap the Bachelorette finale and preview Bachelor in Paradise. So get excited for that. Next week, we're going to be talking Bachelorette, Bachelor Nation, all that stuff. 
Should be a lot of fun. This should be a really fun season on The Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, a lot of hype around it because of what has happened off screen. So it should be very interesting. Really excited to check that out. August 14th, that debuts. Monday, August 14th. And they go, remember, they do two nights a week. They do Monday, Tuesday. They do the two-hour Monday, one-hour Tuesday. So be sure to check into that I'm because this podcast is going to be covering that big time. Game of Thrones, though. Not going to skip over Game of Thrones. Lots of craziness happening. It's mainly because everybody's kind of together right now, so they don't have a lot of places to go. They're covering all the characters faster, so things are happening faster. One of my main complaints about Game of Thrones has been the whole timeline thing. You know, they've had crows arrive the very next episode. They've had people arrive by ship, like sailing halfway around the continent in one episode. I think at this point you kind of just have to ignore that. I think you have to just move on from the fact that this timeline isn't fully dependable slash explained to you. You know, they don't need to explain that, oh, a couple days happened between episodes, something like that. So I think as, as long as you can look past that, Game of Thrones has been phenomenal. I think they have done a little bit catering to the fans with this past week by uh, bringing the Sand Snakes and the they killed two of them. Uh, Euron kind of took control by... Oh, well, that was actually two weeks ago. But um, this week, we saw them finally got some closure with the, the Sand Snakes. Got the Kiss of Death uh, lipstick gloss. You know, it was so funny because Cersei was obviously wearing something on her lips, and it never dawned on me that she was about to poison her... Uh, uh, the, oh gosh, Tyene Sand, the pretty one that is also the daughter of, the last living daughter of Oberyn, and, and you know, it, it, this was the perfect comeback. She killed the daughter just like her daughter was killed, right in Illyria Sand's face, and now Illyria Sand has to basically watch her daughter die for God knows how long, maybe a month long, because we don't know how long this poison acts. So it is a really brutal way to kill off the daughter. I wonder if they're going to have a brutal death for Alira Sand. I'm not sure. They also took Elena, Elena Tyrell away from us. Also not killing her on screen. So we basically killed off three people, yet we didn't see any of them die. Three of Danny's allies. So this was a big week for the Lannisters. Uh, they got some... Uh, we saw Randall Tarley is now going to be a general in Jamie's army. So they also took Highgarden. They let them take Castle Rock because they knew they wouldn't have enough men to hold it. It was a very smart move on the Lannisters. It's going to be really interesting to see how they get defeated because they're going to have to get defeated. If you listened a month ago, Owen Stewart and I were talking about there's just no other way this season ends than the Lannisters dying. And I think they kind of had to introduce a lot of these things early in the season, like the, you know, the bone crusher arrow for the dragons and these, you know, war missteps that have been done by Danny's side, you know, with the, you know, dealing with the Greyjoys and the Sands and the Tyrells. So I think you had to bring this up to make it seem like the Lannisters have a fighting chance, but in the end, I still think it's going to be Danny. Her and John met for the first time. Waited six seasons for this, you know, six, 62 episodes for this to happen. Finally happens. There is some tension. Uh, I kind of like that because there should be tension. They shouldn't trust each other. Their families hated each other. 
So, you know, like her dad killed his grandfather, killed his uncle. You know, this is this is not something that should be just like, oh yeah, we're gonna make out and like, you know, we're gonna be the new uh the new hot couple on Game of Thrones. It's like, no, as much as everyone wants that, this this has to be met with some resistance first. So I'm happy that they're not just glossing that over. And this should be I mean, there's ten episodes left in the series ever. Things have to happen quickly, and it looks like they're going to. Uh, next up, though, should be interesting. Bran has to talk to John. He's likely going to tell him what his real parentage is. We still have to. We haven't seen the White Walkers in a week or two. Um, we ha we know we're going north. We know we're going to do that. But I think before that. We're going to see the real battle with the Lannisters. This all has to happen fast, though. There's only four episodes left this season. So I think we're not really going to get a dull episode. Uh, I think this is actually a shorter episode this upcoming week. So that should be interesting to see how they handle that. But going off of what we've seen in the past, and you know, three episodes and how quickly things have happened, I think we're going to move along pretty quickly. So not surprised. Game of Thrones has been phenomenal. This is, I mean, literally the least surprising thing. So, Game of Thrones update. This has been a great season. Really looking forward to next week. We'll do one one minute movie review. I got two to do because I saw two movies this past week, but we're going to keep it to one. This week we'll talk about The Big Sick. Uh, went to go see it with my parents at Bradley Beach. Kind of went in not knowing what to expect. I heard it was a great movie. I heard that this was a lot of, like, fun is what I heard. I heard the word fun and funny and Kumail Nanjiani was great. And all the, and Ray Romano is so good. I'm like, all right, great. I can't wait to see it. And then I forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah, Judd Apatow comedies can always have a little bit of a very depressing side to it. And this movie did. I never really thought, why is it called The Big Sick? And if you're wondering, it's because, well, this girl gets really fucking sick. And her, her boyfriend, who they kind of broke up with, doesn't really know what his situation is because her parents are there. They don't like him because he never met them and they broke up last second, but he still feels guilty. He feels, still feels like he needs to be there. And through caring over this girl, they kind of get together. They get to know each other better. It's, it's really a, like a really touching movie. Um, it turns out it was, it was a true story about Kumail. And I think Kumail Nanjiani was great in it. My mom did not, uh, I, which was really funny. We were leaving the theater, and my dad and I were raving about him. And my mom was like, yeah, I didn't think he was very believable. But if you really dive into it, I think he was very believable because his whole culture about you know having to you know do the arranged marriages and he wasn't allowed to really marry a non-Muslim girl, a non-Pakistani girl, he doesn't show a lot of emotion because that's just his culture growing up. And when he does, he finally shows it. Some people are like, oh, he's not really showing much. I'm like, no, that's him just really breaking out, really showing. I think it was a really phenomenal job. And uh, I'll give it up to Judd Apatow. I thought it was phenomenal. I'll give it a 10 out of 10. I think everyone should see it. It's at Bradley Beach for another week. We'll be there till August 11th, in which Dunkirk comes, which I also saw last week. But I will save that one-minute movie review for next week. That'll be a fun one. We'll do that in the post-birthday episode. So, very excited about that. Kind of running out of time, though. Um, we're going to call this one an episode. Oh, geez. I am so sorry to Michael K. Uh, thank you for stopping by, but we ran out of time. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. We will have you on next week 
Also next week, I told you Sarah Swinerton, and we're talking Bachelor Nation. We're going to have Zach Flaherty on. We'll do an NFL preview, talk about what we expect out of this NFL season. So shout out to Zach, another uh, Jake supporter. And I just appreciate everyone for buying the shirts. If you have not gotten a shirt yet and you paid for it, don't worry. I will be getting it to you. I've got a big Ohio shipment going out this weekend. And if you're in New Jersey, I will hand deliver it to you. I promise. If you're in New York City, I will find a way to get it to you. Uh, if you need me to mail it to you, I can do that. Just text me. Everyone that bought a shirt has my phone number. Um, get Just let me know how you want me to get it to you. I promise I will get you the shirts. I have them. They are in my possession. They are great. Everyone wants one. We, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to go through another order this fall, so that will be a lot of fun. I want to just thank everyone again for supporting the Jake Podcast. This has been just a, a real blast. I'm loving it all. So everyone, have a great weekend. And if I see you around, come drink it with me, all right? We're celebrating my birthday, all right? Everyone, have a good one.